0: Uh, it was basically a show that was meant to sound different from anything I think Nights ever did or heard or all the above. And I remember sitting through Spotify for a week going, fuck me, this is a, a nightmare.
1: <laughs> yep, I know that feeling very well hello welcome to podcast my name is Dom Evans I'm head of production at Fox FM in Melbourne and in this podcast I'm talking to audio producers from all around the world about how they craft the sound of radio stations 100.
2: 100. This is capital <laughs>
1: My guest today is Chris Kubacki, who works with me at the Hit Network here in Australia. He looks after Ash London Live production, which is our national night show that goes out to over 40 radio stations. So that's five metro markets and then a whole bunch of regionals. It's a big job. He's got a fair bit of experience for someone his age, and there's a lot to learn in this. Now, when I mentioned this podcast to Chris, he was totally up for it, but he already had an idea of what he wanted to do. So we start off by talking about that. You said to me when we were talking about doing this podcast, you said that it'd be cool to kind of show the journey of where you've been and the development of your sound. Oh, yes. Why were you keen to do that? You're the first person to actually volunteer and go, hey, have a listen to the stuff that that wasn't so
0: great. I I think it's a great way to show people that no matter how much you know or how little you know, there's always room for improvement and there's always a starting point where you just want to build from that up.
1: All right, so let's go back to Today FM in Sydney. You sent me your first branded intro. <laughs> oh, what a fucking mess this was.
2: <laughs> Yo, what's up? Oh, the new hits. This your dirty Nelly. <laughs> Nelly, this is Porsche. 1041 Today FM. Let's go. Cool.
1: So give me the context of this. How did this project come about? How did you end up making this intro?
0: So how I made it was a bit of a backstory. I knew who Konski was at the time, but I, I didn't really know him. So I knew who he was, but I didn't really know who he was. And uh, it was, I think, the 2012 ACRAs that I sat at a table because uh, one of the guys here couldn't go. And Konski sat next to me. And then, you know, we started talking. I was like, yeah, what are you doing? He was like, oh, you know, just like image of the station. I was like, oh, cool. And then it all just entirely clicked. And I was like, fuck. Like, you're here. And then I had stuff from when he was on the Hit 30, uh, Hot 30, sorry, back in the day, uh, on my phone. And I had, like, ringtones and shit, like, for all the stuff that he made, played it to him. And then he was like, cool. And then um, a few months later, he asked me to do a project, and which was a branded intro and kind of like a sweeper. So I basically sat downstairs, no idea what uh, – I knew what Pro Tools was, no idea what plugins were. So it was just a bare session with nothing on it. And uh, he was like, go have fun, come back to me with what you make and we'll go from there. So basically sat there for hours having no fucking clue what I was doing, <laughs> no idea what deep breathing like, you know, processing was. <laughs> At the time I thought it sounded cool. And, of course, the integrators that you're making now are miles ahead of this. Oh, you'd hope so, right? <laughs> One,
2: two, three, four, let's go. Hi, I'm
0: Zane. Coming to speak loud and clear. This is Ash London
2: Live. So
0: what have you learned? (laughs) The first thing that I learned was a power intro. I think it was 20, 30 seconds before the song actually started is not a thing. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. And uh, the shorter it is, the better. And then what I think I've learned now is uh, keep it nice and simple. Like Use trickery and whatnot, but don't overcomplicate it because people, it's just going to go over the top of people's heads. So now I'll try and keep it nice and simple, maybe a bite or two of a work part. Part of the song, a cappella if I can find one, uh, use the beds if I can, and then, yeah, bang into the song.
2: Hey, this is Calvin Harris. Calvin Harris. Hey, hey, it's bad. Ash, London life. The
0: night, i love This is why I love that you said
1: to me, I'd love to show my journey because I think most people... Uh, They don't want the red face, they just want to show their greatest work and they don't want to, you know, we touched on it in the episode with Brad, people don't want to play their cold sweepers, they just want to play that the hottest integrated intro they've ever made. But, I mean, this is a really great point that, you know, not everything we've ever done is amazing and we've all started somewhere and nobody was born an excellent image producer.
0: Exactly, and I think the thing that I keep learning is you don't know everything and every day you're always learning something.
2: Hobart has a heart...
1: 7.3 And then so let's have a look at your time in Hobart and CFM and Heart. So C being a CHR, Hearts more a was it an AC or a rock back then? Now Triple M.
0: Yeah, it was it was AC, Hot AC. Um, okay. It went it went through an interesting time because when I got there, so C was obviously your normal typical CHR and then Heart was Kind of a mix of everything. Like, they both crossed over with some songs, but then uh, the program director at the time wanted a new sound for Heart, and I think what we wanted to do was mirror what Heart London was in the sound. Mm. Not too rocky, but not too CHR, so it was kind of in the middle.
1: That's great. I mean, I still listen to that now and think that's an excellent promo.
0: The Heart in Hobart. That was, uh, yeah, the PD's uh, favourite line, I think, in everything.
1: But C being a CHR and Heart being an AC or a hot AC, I mean, I always... um Admire producers that work on two simultaneous sounds. Cause I reckon that's a challenge. Did you struggle to move between the two stations just given that they did have a completely different uh sonic identity, I suppose?
0: Uh yeah. And I'm not gonna lie, it was tough for probably the first, I'd say, four to five months. Uh there was a crossover where I'd make something for C and I'd go to heart and I'd be like, what the fuck am I gonna do here? (laughs) And I was like, I can't use this, I can't use that. And my whole library was basically CHR format from Sydney when I was um, like doing the Sydney production. I was like, what am I going to do here? Mm. And then there were times where I'd make stuff and it was to CHR and I just had to stop and think and go, right, what am I doing? Uh, mm. Yeah.
1: I mean, everyone says they love their children equally, but C was the favourite, right? <laughs> oh, of course.
2: <laughs> Listen up. Listen up. <laughs> Hobart is always on 100.9. CFM, here's why. Baby, here we go. Let's go. Hobart's biggest shows. Paul and Woody. I've got a big
1: head. I'm willing to admit that. I'm glad you could. I didn't know if you knew you had a big head. <laughs> Hello, Hobart. Hamish
2: here. here. The hit. biggest concerts on the planet. Katy
0: <laughs> Perry.
2: CFM's Katy Perry. The Prismatic World Tour. Thank you guys so much. Hi, <laughs> we're <laughs> 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 One Direction. CFM's Direction. On the road again, world tour. Hobart's biggest event. <laughs> Justice Crew live and free in concert in the Elizabeth Street Mall. Rob Mills, Bert Newton, Grease the Musical. Live. Live. Always on with Hobart's biggest events, CFM.
0: But you know what's funny? Uh, going towards the end of that year, I actually started loving I think Heart more than what I did see because it was just refreshing. Because we all we all love CHR at pretty much at all points in time, but Heart Heart had that flexibility where it, I grew up with the songs that it was playing, whereas C was the hits right here, right now. Heart was okay in the nineties when I when I grew up, I'd be mashing, well, not mashing songs together, but, like, doing montages where you like, like, um, what was it, the Cranberries, um, mm. you know, like th- those old cool songs that will never um, fade away kind of thing.
1: It was almost sort of quite nostalgic for you as well as the listeners.
0: Yeah, and then once I started working out what Heart actually was and how we wanted to model it, it, it just became easier and easier and I'd be like, right, this is what we're doing, and Peter at the time was like, great, let's go, let's give it a go. Mm. And then it developed into, like, a a less rock sound, more heart London sounds uh, between, yeah. Mm. Do you
1: think on those formats you've got to exercise a lot more restraint? And the reason I ask is because I feel like with CHR, you can kind of, you know, you're beat mixing everything, you're trying to get all your tempos right, your keys right, but in those other formats, two hooks can just go together, they can change tempo, they can just be edited on the beat, but kind of intrinsically you want to trick it up somehow and the skill... Is knowing when not to do that
0: exactly. There was a. I remember we had to make new promos because we wanted to um, position Heart as. I think it was. Oh, I can't remember the position that we had at the time. But basically, what I did was tried to beat mix all the Heart songs into a promo, and I thought it sounded great. And then uh, PD was like, "Nah, fucking scrap it. Sounds shit." <laughs> Every, it's everything against what heart is. I was like, oh man. I was like, I spent fucking hours on that. Spent seven weeks on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Your feedback
2: tells us that you want the music to be relatable and not what your kids listen to. How's this? How's this? What about this? Now, hard
0: 107.3 is delivering. And then, you know, it, I think that's when it kind of clicked. And then it was hard, you know, because coming from CHR, I was like, right, i got to start all over again. Mm. And I think that was in the second month that I was there. And that's when I was like, okay, I've got to really like sit down, work out what it is, what it isn't. And then, as you said, you know, your trickery, you can't stutter, you can't. Um, It was more of a flangey old sound kind of feel Then on your CFM
1: stuff Which obviously was your favourite That was really when you were in your element And I can hear that um you know like the six weeks of superstars
2: six weeks of superstars hello i'm katie perry hey it's Miley cyrus i'm i'm Harris. this is justin timberlake hi we're one direction six weeks of travel and tickets to the globe's hottest concerts pick your superstar and get packing listen to paul and woody and all day while you work details online at CFMHobart.com.au. CFM six works of superstars. From Hobart's number one hit music station.
1: Yeah. That's an awesome promo, man. Is that one of the first big promos like that that you made? I think that's,
0: yeah, I'd, pro- I'd probably say that was one of the biggest and the more, um, the better ones at the time that I actually made, yeah. I think a lot of thought went into it because it was one of the biggest things Hobart did where they got to send people all over the place to. C uh, concerts mm. and we were just hammering home how big this was and I was like all right got to pull out the big guns here and I was like what am I gonna do <laughs> yeah and I
1: suppose just you know you would have had this sound in your head that you'd admired for so long you would have seen the scripts and known what that needed to sound like how did you approach that not having a tremendous amount of experience in doing it yet but knowing kind of how
0: how big and epic it should sound I think I went through about three different uh, beds and then it was basically choosing the one that fit perfectly. Uh, I think there were a few breakdowns in there that I used. I was like, right, these are going to work really well. And I think that's where I started using more work parts from, I think it was ProdVault at the time, that just happened to just fit perfectly. And then when it went off and went on the air, everyone was like, sweet, perfect. And Mm -hmm. I was like, that's probably when everything started to bed in. I think that was September. So, yeah, four four to five months in.
1: Mm. And I feel like after we all remember these times in our careers where we got tasked with something that normally, and inverted commas, the experts would do, and then we get to do it, and then at the end when everyone's like, yeah, that's great, you nailed it, you're like, oh, I'm now part of that group that can do that because normally that's person A or person B that gets tasked with that.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think it was a good, it wasn't an ego boost. It was the confidence kind of came up a notch, which was great because what I learned from that was um, the more love you put into something, uh, how can you make that better for the next project that they're going to throw at you, kind of thing? Totally. So then on to Melbourne.
1: While your parents are away, YouTube Hits comes out to play. So get a near full of this. We break
0: the hottest new tracks. Check it out. Run it back. Like, what you want?
2: What you I'm fine. I just want to look good.
1: And then there's the challenges. Blended up vegetable and carrot juice. But in some of them, we've got blended up (laughs) chilli. Where's the ice cream? Stay and hang out with us. Tonight, right after Shazam Top 20. Hit 1019, The Fox. First time working directly with shows intimately. What did
0: you learn in Melbourne? Uh, I learned a lot. Uh, Working in Hobart, even though it was a station imaging kind of role. There was still that kind of presence of breakfast where they wanted stuff, but it wasn't as uh, intense as it was in Melbourne. So I think one of the biggest things was every talent's different. So you've got to work with them. And there's al- I think there's always got to be a compromise also. Uh, if you think it's not going to work, then bring it up in a way that doesn't sound like that you're going to go, nah, not going to work. Uh, pick something else. Model it give them ideas and uh, feedback, if you will, uh, and then work together to try and make what they want with what you want to do too.
1: And you can really start to hear your sound hotten up here, especially with YouTube hits, which makes perfect sense because then your next job was the one that you're in now, which is based at Today FM, the National Night Show, Ash London Live production as it's now known.
2: No matter who you are or where you're from, Get swiping, get swiping, clicking, and tapping. Now get, get, get us on demand. Just search Ash London Live. It's the show built for you, a nation of music fans. From it? the sounds of the underground to the beats on the streets and everything in between, on air, online, and streaming across the globe. Any every day. Uh, unlock, plug in, turn up. Ash London Live.
0: Uh, It was basically a show that was meant to sound different from anything I think Nights ever did or heard or all the above. Uh, And I remember sitting there. I remember, so we blew up Hit 30 and I was like, what are we going to do? Like, I have no idea what what to go for next. And I think the only thing that sprung into mind was a whole new way of um, production techniques was one, but the actual sound, so through your beds and your songs that you use was the second. And I remember sitting through spotify for a week going fuck me this is a a nightmare (laughs) (laughs) and i was like oh where do you even start and it wasn't until i hit one song and then it just opened up all the avenues of what to choose from there onwards what type of song was it uh it was drum and bass i think the the artist was metric and it was called hi (laughs) hi So
1: obviously a real tempo change. Drum and bass famously sits around the 160. Is that about right?
0: I think at one stage we hit 184. 184.
1: Yeah. So for people that aren't super technical, we're talking about beats per minute. So Kelvin Harris, about 130 beats a minute. So if you think Kelvin Harris makes some fast music at 130 beats a minute, try something at 184 (laughs) beats a minute.
0: Uh, There were times where I'd be like, shit, I'm going to have a stroke from just hearing this (laughs) and working with it. Which gave it an entirely
1: different sound. And you, you've done such a great job on the Ash London Live production. It's a very underground feel, very British. I remember seeing a video where you played the sound of Ash London Live to Ash London on camera for the first time. <laughs> okay, so four days to go, Wolfie. You have been Hello. in your audio production suite 24-7, creating the sound of Ash London Live. Um, yeah. I don't know where Draco is. I know he really would have wanted to hear this. Did you get my Inspo tracks? Got yours. How I wanted. Yeah, I used
0: them all, and then Draco sent me his as well.
1: Oh, were they all High School Musical and (laughs) Aladdin soundtrack grabs? Yeah, they were. How did I know? Look, I don't know where he is, but let's just get started without him. We'll take a listen.
0: He can come later. So excited.
2: To the S, to the H, to the Ash, London. Woo. Life, this is this. this oh, is, I love it. it. I'm I five five. Five. It's so yeah. cool. Oh, I just wish
0: Draco was here to actually hear it. I know, it be Sorry, guys. Sorry, I'm here. Sorry, I'm late. Have I missed anything? You, well, we just played the audio. Just, what is this about? Um, These are all the wigs. Isn't this the episode where we decide which wigs we're going to wear each night? Did we discuss that? I don't, I, don't yes, re- I got this blonde one for you. We never agreed we, to wear wigs. Um, I got this green one for you. Oh, you've already... Got your wig on, so that's fine. <laughs>
1: it's my hair. Oh, i saw live alive. Catch one air in four days. Take the. if You look stupid. It does nothing for your Just skin tone.
0: You're right. It's I'll take your I'll have the Harry Potter wig.
2: Oh,
1: that is the <laughs> ugliest thing I've ever
0: <laughs> Starting next Monday, 8 p.m.
2: Ash London
0: Live. A, I hate the camera. I'm not a camera person, and I hate videos. Photos, cool. Video, not so. And I remember um I, I had a few beats that I played to her just to get the general feel, and, and she, she liked it. And then I was like, okay, shit, this is going to be either a, a dual die kind of situation. <sighs> um, and then I played it to her, and she loved it. And she was like, love it, love it, love it. I think there were only a few tweaks here and there just with um some of the songs that we used. But apart from that, she was all over it, loved it, and... um yeah, we progressed from there. And that whole feedback process happened on camera. Yep. Oh, that's,
1: I just got shivers down my spine. I was like, I just Ooh. got the shakes. I was like, cool.
0: I was like, all right. And then, um, yeah. That is nerve wracking. Full on red in the face and I was nervous and I just looked like, you know how like prod people are usually sitting in their little booth and they're like nervous as hell. Um, not nervous as hell, but um, we're all like confined in a little room all by ourselves, and then out you come to a room where like, you're stuck in front of a camera and it's like, oh, now yeah. what? Yeah,
1: well, I think we all get nervous when we feel like the stakes are high, so let's just put it into, into perspective. Brand new night show going out to millions of people on like 40-plus stations. Yeah. It's the kind of soul of the show on air and you've been tasked with coming up with it and then you've got to play what you've come up with on camera and get that feedback in a recorded environment. I mean, you've kind of... It's not even like you're in your studio. You've lost all, all
0: your, your little comfort kind of yes, thing. Yes, correct. Y- your safety barrier, yeah, exactly. And um, I was kind of relieved when she said that she loved it. I was like, sweet.
2: This is, this is I love it. is it. hey, so Yeah, cool.
0: and then... Um, yeah, and then she sat and she listened to all the other stuff and she was like, fucking love it, great. Amazing. Well done, man,
1: and it sounds outstanding, so kudos to you. Thanks,
2: man.
1: You have to wear a lot of hats, Chris. Um, how about the dramatic stuff like the Five Sauce promo? We sent you to see them in LA. Make
2: some noise. <laughs> but now we're bringing them home. See them live and up close exclusively and for free.
1: Details
2: in three seconds from now. Three, two, one. Hi, I'm Callum. I'm Michael. I'm Luke. I'm Ashton and we're five seconds of summer. Ash, London, live and up close.
1: You've got a lot of daily maintenance production that you need to do as well, so how do you set aside some time to build like a five seconds of summer launch piece that requires skill and attention and care?
0: Organisation is key and then prioritising your daily stuff. So the the small monotonous, you know, daily stuff here, there, um, you get that out of the way and then that way it, frees up your, it, it somewhat frees up your day for you to be able to have a greater chunk of that day to focus on one thing as opposed to many. And then you get to um, do the stuff that you probably wouldn't generally be able to do if, say, you had to work around those little tasks, if that makes sense. Mm. So the way that I work is when I get in, I ha- I try to get all the stuff that I know that I can plan ahead uh, with the guys just to get that out of the way, primarily so we don't forget and so that it's locked and loaded and it's all done. And then that way we can start tackling the bigger stuff. So then that way there's... Uh, Say you allow yourself for time for scripts, you allow yourself time for it to be voiced, and that way you've still got time to produce something and to get it on the air. And what are those big learning milestones
1: that you've had, auto-tune being one of them, those points where you look back and you go, I hit a new level of work at these points?
0: That's a really good question. Uh, Auto-tune definitely one. Uh the second I think was probably the the more theatrical sounds where you're using you know your movie trailer uh pieces of yep. audio, I guess
1: yeah epic,
0: yeah, and then probably last year more so and it's flowed on into this year is using lyrical bits I think out of songs so your acapellas and trying to use a piece of the song that's gonna work with what you're doing mm. but generally not on a on the bed. Uh, on the instrumental of that song, I like to try and change it up a bit and use, say, an acapella grab and then match it to a drum and bass beat or a, um, you know, glitch hop or your EDM or whatever it might be that you you use kind of thing. Yeah, that sounds cool. World,
2: girl,
0: and I think just generally trying to make things sound And not overdo it So again for your five sauce stuff That's kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity for the listener So just trying to capitalise on that kind of stuff And make it sound big But different for that tactic only So then when you do the next tactic It's not the same If that Mm -hmm. makes sense So you differentiate your tactics over time
1: And going a little bit technical for a second, one of the things that was really clear through this journey that we've been on with your work is at the start, the processing was nowhere near as good as it is now. You've really nailed a great sound, which is something I suppose you've probably just worked on the whole time in the background.
0: I think Yeah, when I first started, uh, the the very first piece of audio that you heard had absolutely no processing. Uh, And I remember going to Konski and asking him, why does your shit always sound good and mine sounds as if it's about to die in the arse? I'm like, there's something not right here. <laughs> and then he's like, go and read up about it, YouTube it, but there's stuff called plugins. And I remember I think that was in the first week that I first started. I was like, okay, cool. Then I learned. Plugins. Uh, <laughs> yep. What is a plugin? <laughs> yeah.
2: Listen to the town in Sydney on 1041 Today FM. This is Draco's Late Late Show.
1: You found a great sound, man. You should be very proud. Thanks, man. Looking back at that intern version of Chris Kubacki in 2012, (laughs) what do you wish you could have known then that you now know? What would you say to yourself six years ago?
0: Wow. That is a really good question. Um, The first thing would be working with talent. Second thing would be how to not sound like my first production demo piece of audio <laughs> hey Porsche and 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 yep then have a few uh, a few tricks up my sleeve uh, and the third I think would be never be afraid to try something new or different I think to part of the reason uh, that I got to where I am now is because I try something different because if you don't try to push those boundaries I'd Think you're not going to have the passion to do what you want to do and even though you've got to make something that um that fits to a brief um if you put that love and care in you know you might mix that out and put that in a folder and go cool that sounded great and you might pull it out later and go shit that sounded cool at the time how can i apply this to that later and what does the future hold
1: for you man obviously you're in a great spot with ash london live but uh, do you have dreams to image a station or a network or what's the future hold for chris kubacki
0: I think in the future, I don't know. I always I always wanted to be on air. Um never too late, mate. But you know, ever since I moved into the the prod world, I, I want to stay in production. Station would be one thing. Uh breakfast, I filled in for breakfast uh just a week ago. Uh that was that was really cool. It was kind of refreshing because it was different sounds, everything was a little bit more relaxed, but you had to use like comedic timing and it was just a whole new world of production for me. Yep. So potentially breakfast, but ultimately I think station. Mm. I, think, I think that's where the fun's at.
1: With the work that you're putting out, brother, if that's what you want to do, I don't think that's going to be a problem. Well, thanks, man. It's been such a pleasure watching you go from an intern in 2012 to now one of the hottest image producers in the country. <laughs> and, uh, man,
0: I just uh, when you're my boss, just take care of me, Okay. I'll, uh, I'll have your number on speed dial, mate. Uh, every position that comes up, I'll uh, put to you.
1: Mate, I need someone in karting. Mate, uh, here we go. Here's uh, something for you to do. Chris Kabaki. thank you so much, brother, for joining me on the podcast. This has been an awesome chat.
0: Thanks, man. Absolute pleasure to be on it.
1: Awesome. That was great. Um, I think Chris is a gun producer and a super nice guy as well. Uh, check out his stuff on SoundCloud, actually. Um, he uploads regularly and it is to a very high standard, so good inspiration. Wow, episode nine. You know, it's funny, when I started with Brad Leask, I didn't really know what I was doing at all. Um, In fact, have a listen to how high pitched I am here. How are you, man? Good, man. Real good. Excited. You're my first chat. Like, I've literally gone up an entire octave. I was pretty nervous. Um, had never done a podcast before or, you know, anything. And um, so since then, Bradley Leesk Nova, we've done Stax Williams, Z100, BT from Triple M, Chris Davis from Kiss, James Stodd from Celador, Jeremiah Buzniak from the Hit Network, Darcy Milne from Nova, Chris Thorpe from On the Sly, and now Chris Kubacki. Uh, it's a little bit surreal. At the end of episode 10, I'm going to draw a line and call that season one. And for episode 10, I'm going to get Brad Leask back on for a bit of a debrief because all these episodes have been so good, but I guess what we haven't really done yet is actually sit down and start to try and connect some themes, you know, because there's been a lot of common things people have said. Uh, So please join me for that. That'll be episode 10. It's going to be great to catch up with Brad and we will see you then.